It is kind of true with some of these Chinese-made mics. Like you'll you'll get like the one Chris has, right? They might have, <laughs> depending on how much the company pays in the factory. You probably know about this, Chris, right? How much money they pay for quality control, or if they actually have someone from the company at the factory doing quality control, and then all the other microphones that that don't pass that quality control test become somebody else's microphone and get sold as cheaper versions. It's all about yeah. the quality control. This microphone came with a young child in the box <laughs> and he came out of the box and, and then pointed out all the ways that he checked it. And then I put him back in a, another box with a label on it and shipped him back to the company. I, I'm actually proud of using this mic today because I didn't like the way the other mic sounded. Mm. So I'm actually using this mic for the right reason as opposed to... <laughs> I bought this mic and I have to use it. Otherwise, I feel stupid for buying it. All right, you should have a sponsorship. How come you guys don't have a sure sponsorship? It's my job to get sponsors? Yeah, you know about that. <laughs> You've got contacts in the business world. Just don't tell the people at Sure that Jim's on the podcast. There's a bulletin board with his picture. <laughs> I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I haven't noticed anything. Nobody's been following me or anything. Or... Is there a car outside your house, parked outside your house? <laughs> Yeah, I haven't noticed anything. It's like a, oh. a Honda Accord parked out in front of your house. As long as I stay away from that, you know, the Cloverleaf, the 294 onto Wolf Road. Remember that? <laughs> I heard it with my own ears, I swear. Probably it was 1980-something. The mob hit. The guy got blown up on the off-ramp right there. There used to be the restaurant. I can't remember what that restaurant was called. Cypress? Cypress. Oh, yeah, Is the Cypress, it yeah. It's all Whole Foods now. It's actually, Rose, remember when I picked you and Graham and Dow up from the from O'Hare, and we stopped at Whole Foods right by my house. Remember, that, that's, that's where the transmitter, the mob left a car with a transmitter on, and they put a bomb in this guy's car who was like a mob lawyer and cheated them out of money or something. Oh, obviously owed them something. And, and when he drove by, yeah, just they just had the car parked in that parking lot, and... It just blew up. Is it just recently? No, a while back. 1980 oh, okay. <laughs> years. I was on my bike oh. outside, like right in downtown Western Springs, telling some somebody asked me where the post office was. And I remember hearing this kind of bang. It's like, oh, that was a loud bang. And it was like, and then a few, I was right going to McClure, I think for summer school or something. That's wow. really far. You were, you were yeah. downtown it was, Western It was probably Springs like half and, a mile. And you heard this? It was like a, you know, it was like a, wow, okay. a sound. I remember it was like right about the time it supposedly happened. I'm pretty sure. I remember. Yeah, but like, that oh. was back in the Pinto day. Who knows <laughs> yeah. what that explosion was? And it's, it's like, you know, the true. Cypress was so unfortunate to have burnt down, right? Like, who knows what accident happened <laughs> for that place to burn down? Just it's, like when his you know. wife fell into his trunk and then his car fell into Salt Creek. Like, all these accidents. <laughs> it's a dangerous it's, world. It's a dangerous world. Dangerous world. Accidents happen. I just yeah. realized you're probably Graham's age when I met you. Probably right. I was still in high school. Yeah, I Graham was 17. Yeah. <laughs> when did I meet you, Chris? <laughs> have you met Chris in person? <laughs> I have. Would have been in Lawrence or something? Or Col been, oh, Columbia. Yeah, Lawrence. No, no, I, Columbia. I, I right, you I stayed you. with you guys in, when you were still in school. Okay. Yeah. Was that during the time that Dinosaur Jr. broke up, too? No. That he, happened? Or Sebado had a fight at that house, right? You guys had just the, talked about Sebado, So the Sebado right? story is they would stay with us. They stayed with us on their very first tour, and we became friends with them. Like, we 
they they had a terrible tour. Nobody showed up to their show in Columbia. We said, hey, come stay with us. We cooked them steaks. We played basketball with them. They had a great time. And then they came back with Eric the next time. Eric wasn't on the first tour. They came back on, with Eric and a friend of mine showed up with his acoustic guitar drunk on Mad Dog 2020 and said to me in front of Lou and Eric, hey, let's play them some of our songs. And I said, no, <laughs> we're, we're not going to sit here and play <laughs> our stupid folk songs. I didn't say stupid. I said, no, we're not going to do that. You know, I was not going to do that. And then my friend got so upset that I wouldn't do that is he took his guitar in his hand like this and cracked it over my head. So like whacked me in the head with his acoustic guitar. And I stared at him as if I was going to punch him. I grabbed the, I just took the guitar from him and I ripped each string off the acoustic (laughs) guitar one at a time, all six of them. And I handed it back to him and I said, go away. (laughs) And and then Eric Gaffney lost his shit. And he said, you should never ever do that to an acoustic guitar. (laughs) And Lou grabbed Eric, dragged him through the house to the back of the house where their van was parked and said, you sleep in the van. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So much drama. Yeah, it was crazy. All because I was trying to not... Yeah, I didn't want to play a song hurt. for yeah. Sebado. Didn't want to play a song. Yeah, he didn't want to try to play a song in front Has of Has anybody Sebado. ever yeah. come up to you yeah. with a guitar and said, let me play our song for you? No, it's after the show. It's like, hey, can I see your guitar for a minute? That was our joke. Or can I play your drums? Yeah, yeah. There's always somebody... <laughs> And Jim, you're you're you're. It's it's always like strung yeah. differently, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, so they like can't. You try. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. They're like, huh? Oh wait, what? Jim's not actually yeah. left-handed. That was just right. a defensive maneuver. <laughs> it's just I, yeah, I could barely play. Avoid. It was just that's why it always sounded so bad. It's like <laughs> just kept up this pretense of being left-handed. That and it just looked cool. It just looked good. It's purely visual <laughs> stage thing. Yeah, I'm much better right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Jimmy Jimi Hendrix, right? I, I, supposedly he could play That's both right. ways. He could play either way, left or right. Yeah, he was a <laughs> mystical being, though. So are you half and half now in terms of left lefties, southpaws in the band? Yeah. Does Matt bring you back to equal standard? Yeah. No, yeah. Because no, yeah. Howie yeah, Matt's was right-handed. left. No. Yeah. Johnny. No? Oh, Johnny was oh. left. There Johnny was, a was point left-handed. Set, yeah, there was yeah. A, an imbalance. <laughs> Rick was the minority. Right. They almost, yeah, I had to sleep with one one eye open every night. Before, yeah. You know, the devil's hand would be around my neck. How about the, how about your children? What are they? Are they God's children right or are they, okay, they're God's children. That's good. <laughs> oh, is that what you, how you call it? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think God is, I think God's left-handed. That's my official position <laughs> on religion. That's about all I stand for. All right, welcome to Lost and Found and Rewound, a podcast where the host dynamic is slowly evolving into a life serial commercial. I'm Chris Lost. I'm Found Jim. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rick Rewound. Rick's the one who's supposed to get it wrong. I, I was I was really... <laughs> You're really... It's You're been bailing it's each been, other out yeah, today. Yeah, it's been my well, It's been a long time. Has it been like since we did one of these? No, it hasn't. It's been only been a week or two, 
<laughs> I think it's been did a I, month. Did I miss the origin story? Why, why do you guys have these names? Why are you Jim Found? <laughs> found Jim, I know why that is. Whose voice <laughs> is that? There's a stranger talking. Oh, sorry. I'm the interviewer. <laughs> That's true. Our guests have pretty much become hosts. They know the show better than us. <laughs> I, I've got some administrative items we'll go through, and then I'd like to introduce our guests. So let me just get through these administrative items. But I, I welcome our guest host to interrupt at any moment. One thing is our audience quadrupled recently. So uh, we want to thank the core set of folks who've been with us all along. We love you very much. Thank you uh, uh, for what you did because we, you know, we don't put a lot of call to actions out on this podcast. In fact, we try not to put any out. But somebody did something because we clearly quadrupled our audience. But we're still a, a cozy bunch. We're, not, we're still not too big, but uh, that's kind of cool. So thank you to that. So responding to uh, my listener mail joke from last episode, we got our first listener email from Marv of Pods Like Us. So yeah. we just want to say thank you for the lovely note, Marv and Louise. We love you very much. Thank you for your note. We love the UK and we think everybody in the UK is attractive, just for the record, sincerely, all joking aside. And for the record, our podcast email is lost, found, rewound at lotuspool.com in case you want to send a note, but of course you don't have to. That's a very long email. <laughs> it doesn't have the ands in it though. I took those out at least. It's just lost, found, rewound. That's good. At lotuspool.com. And then the last thing is uh, I want to talk about new music. Thoughts Detecting Machines record, The Year That Wasn't. I've loved Thoughts Detecting Machines. My wife and I, my wife is a discerning palate. She does not listen to, to indie rock of any kind. She loves Thoughts Detecting Machines from the first record. And this, I think, is her fourth and best. And like uh, Double Nickels on the Dime, Zen Arcade, Physical Graffiti... <laughs> Very rarely is there a double album that ends up being the band's best album. Although I don't know, Zen Arcade may not be the best Husker Du record, but it's damn good. It's a damn good record. I noticed you didn't mention you didn't mention 1999. So, 1999 is not Prince's best record. That, no. But uh, but Sign of the Times is. So that is All a double right, record. I should have put that on the list. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to do a side podcast arguing. The merits of both. Would you say, Rick, this is the best Thoughts Detecting Machines record, right? <laughs> Would you say, right? I know you like to, uh, you like it when people tell you things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm not in immense pain right now. Psychological pain at all. I, you know, I, I do feel like I'm getting better at making stuff sound good. It sounds awesome. Sonically, it's <laughs> but, fantastic. And the songs are awesome. It's all round great. <laughs> so, actually, it sounds like you're having a lot of fun when yeah. you made it. <laughs> exactly so i'd say for everybody listening four times as many people as i would have said last episode go pick that up on Bandcamp. go pick them all up rick says there's plenty of them <laughs> what what genre would you say that is just in case there are new people listening to this that are not totally into indie rock i i think it's navel gaze <laughs> for real I just thought that up. That's a great name for a genre, isn't it? It Naval sounds gaze? too much like shoegaze. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. It's it's a play on that. I'm going to call it navel gaze. I don't know what genre it is. What would you say? It's like electronic, thrashy sort of. Some of those songs are are, are little prog, maybe. Not really. It's good music to work out to. <laughs> Some of it is. Some of it is. Because there is a lot of guitar in it, so it's not just, I wouldn't call it electronica. Genre fluid. Ah, yeah, there you go. Genre <laughs> fluid. Yeah. 
but sprightly. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll stop with the torture here. Great record. Awesome job. Everybody pick it up, please. Okay, this is our last rewind for a while, and it will be a doozy. We thought uh, we could hold out through the entire global event by having a string of rewinds with a string of special guests, but it appears as if this event is not going to end anytime soon. So we will be returning to our regular <laughs> scheduled programming, uh, unfortunately, in a Lido's pizza-free format uh, right after this episode. Did we discuss this? Well, I guess I kinda, you decided. I, it, right? We exchanged a few emails. I made some assumptions and then made a decision. So, <laughs> so it, right. I, I figured we'd get this boat moving. So this, let's get on with our last rewind for a while. So uh, no shade to our previous guests. We hold them all in very high regard. However, today's guest is uh, what they call a get in the podcast <laughs> business. Our guest today is the most accomplished guest we've ever had on the show. As an educator, she's a tenured professor and department head at a major U.S. university. She is a technical innovator, a pioneer in the field of virtual reality. She is a podcaster, hosting one of the first podcasts in the history of podcasting. She is an accomplished musician, playing many instruments, including bass, piano, and violin. She plays in a band that's released albums on legendary labels such as Warner Brothers, Sire, and Twin Tone Records. And Lotus Pool. Yeah, and other labels. As a please don't interrupt me. As a bass player, (laughs) as a bass player, I consider amongst the likes of Mike Watt, Chris Kirkwood, David Williams Sims, and Bruce Foxton. She is an author currently working on her first memoir. She is a martial artist currently focused on capoeira, but skilled in many other forms. And like the majority of other guests, she enjoys Star Wars and more Marvel movies. And unlike everyone who has ever been associated with this show. She's made two human beings. Listeners. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I have, a, I have a vagina. You guys all, m- most of you made some human no, beings. No, we didn't. Let's say I went to the store and I bought some eggs and I bought some flour and bought some sugar. And I bought that bag boy, put it in the bag, brought it home, baked a cake. And I put the cake on the table. Would I say, hey, I made this with the bag boy? At the grocery store, or would I say I baked this cake myself? <laughs> My mind just, like, exploded onto the floor. What if the flour came from inside of you, though? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the hell, man? I was going to say eggs, but that would get it really confusing. I would have said, what if the eggs came from inside, inside you? Yeah, right. Well, eggs don't come from inside boys, Rose. I, they come from inside girls. <laughs> Well, you got you got me there. Anyway, yeah. This is a man who knows his chickens. <laughs> I actually yeah. went to yeah. a place right close to where the cypress is, where they had an invisible woman, and they showed me all that stuff. It all lit up, and there was a voice that told us all about it. What was that place yeah, called? The Robert yeah. Crown Health Center, a location of multiple traumas <laughs> in my life. Did you guys get sent there, like if you did something bad? <laughs> It did feel. It felt that way. That's where you guys had your health class. They had to have it somewhere different. It was like special. You'd go. It was like a special field trip, and you'd be excited for a field trip, and then they'd tell you how babies were made or something like that, and you'd just be like, "Oh my god!" Did your guys' parents tell you before you found out from? uh, My mom got a book from the library in Western Springs. Jim might have had that book. We got a book like that for, for our first son, but we didn't get our second son one. We I think he has it. Does he? Okay, good. I think it got handed down. I just, just realized that. 
we're not keeping up on our parental duties. Also, oh, the second son doesn't know how to make babies, but the first one does. It's possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all right. The internet will teach him now. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, exactly. On the making babies thing, when I when my wife had our first child, she went through sixteen hours of labor with no meds because she wanted to, you know, be the perfect mom or whatever. Then it was a very traumatic situation where she was bleeding out at one point and the doctor was punching her in the uterus, trying to get her to contract. And I'm over there holding the baby and she's like, she goes to the doctor, tell him, because I'm super worried because I'm like, I don't know how to take care of this thing. You know, we can't lose her. And the doctor's, and she's like, tell my husband I'm going to be okay. And the doctor's like punching her in the uterus. And he's like, be quiet. We, I'm trying to, like, it was a real bad situation. Anyway, I realized from that moment on that my wife had won the marriage, that there was nothing I was going to do that was going to top whatever she had just gone through to make our child. So I don't really consider myself a participant in that act. I, wow, you're, I love your wife even more now, but um, and I didn't think I could, but uh, it, I, it, yeah, it sounds like it's it's childbirth is a traumatic experience for the men also. You know what I mean? It's it's because uh, uh, yeah, my dad talks about like having having seen my dad was in the room right when I gave birth a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, not, the whole not, family was there except your dad was hiding behind the the door, which he should have been. Yeah, you, so your dad did not see you born. I'm no, assuming. no, he didn't know, yeah. but he saw our kids born and like, yeah, there was a lot of blood. He was like, I never saw that much blood. And he's a dentist, you know, <laughs> he was freaked out. So yeah, you shouldn't discount, you shouldn't discount that. That's very gentlemanly of you to, to say that your wife has won the marriage. That's nice. Anyway, listeners yeah. and hosts, okay. please welcome Rose Ooh. Rewound. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Rose, welcome. We sort of picked this topic for you because I heard you talking about Cobra Kai on your other podcast. And I was thinking to myself, can that really be any good? And then I watched it based on your enthusiasm and I was blown away. I thought it was awesome. Oh, good. That I was wondering, yeah, if, if you guys, wa- I know Rick, Rick had to watch it. And I was wondering if, if Jim had I've, watched it. I've too. watched a few episodes, but I, the thing is, Okay. <laughs> I should just, yeah start start with this. You know, I I never seen Karate Kid. It's like part of the the trilogy, the great great film American films. I haven't seen it's Karate Kid, Godfather, and Back to the Future. Those are the. <laughs> you, know. you haven't seen Back to the Future? Wow! I've not These seen. Are films you have you seen Godfather seen? two or Godfather three? I've seen 3? Godfather three. I remember I've never seen Godfather this. one or two. You've seen Godfather. I think at that house we were talking about, we watched it at in Columbia. So I saw Karate Kid probably multiple times and Karate Kid 2 and 3 and 4 and 2020 and stuff like that. And so if you watch Cobra Kai, if you're like a big fan and you watch Cobra Kai, it's amazing. But if you're not, I, can, I don't know. So Chris, I don't know. Did you, had you seen Karate Kid also or? Yes, I had seen Karate Kid. I hadn't seen two or three or four, I had seen the f- first one and I saw the remake, of course, Rick will be happy to know, but that's all I had seen. I remember my cousins were very affected by it. They Actually, they weren't my cousins, they were my mom's friends' daughters, but anyway, we called them cousins, but they, they loved Karate Kid. They It was sort of their Rocky, where Rocky was my Rocky and Karate Kid was their Rocky. And so I wanted to know, Rose, how many of the Karate Kid films have you seen? What impact did it have on you? Because I know you're a martial artist. And then 
did that also influence your like of Cobra Kai? Yeah, it's really embarrassing. Um, when when you go for your in, in one of the dojongs that I belong, so I've done many many different martial arts, right? One of them where I've went for my I think it was my first degree black belt. You had to write a, a you know a thesis. You had to you had to answer all these questions, and one of the questions was was you know what inspired you to start martial arts? So I was thinking that you know I was looking at the cohort of other soon to be black belts and thinking, you know, they're all around my age. Some of them were older, probably in their 20s or probably closer to 30. I remember thinking they probably all had some sort of a spiritual awakening and started doing martial arts. And like my, I think I started because I saw the movie Karate Kid. I mean, seriously, I, I, and so I was like, unapologetically, I just wrote that. I wrote that in my question four out of 10 of my thesis of why I wanted to be, or why I was, why, did, why I wanted my black belt. It was like, and I saw this movie Karate Kid and that's why I started started doing martial arts. But, you know, it's, it is like Rocky. I mean, it's obviously, well, it's made by the same guy, right? Same director. Same director. Music. Um, same Bill Conti. Really? Right? Well, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Music. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Survivor. There's a same Survivor connection. Does yeah, Bill Conti do the music? Like the Rocky Three, right? There's, yeah. Yeah. Tiger. Crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, this kid is being bullied and bullied and bullied. And then at the end, there's just this like amazing, rapturous ending, right? With the... You, you guys don't have to do spoilers, right? It's assumed that, that anybody who's listening to this is, is, is going to know we're going to talk about the movie. And I think Karate Kid is one of those movies that even if you haven't seen it, you know it's just in the culture, right? It's, it's oh, just yeah. there. Everybody yeah, who, knows Who hasn't done kid. a crane kick <laughs> at one point in I, their life, right? That everybody well, knows the, the crane kick. I didn't know that. That's good. That's, that's probably good. So, yeah, what was the question? I'm roundabout answering your no, question. Answering How many it. of the movies? How many of oh, them I you saw seen? all. Yeah, yeah, I saw all of them because I, you know, I was I couldn't wait to see what's going to happen. I think I started doing martial arts the year that it came out. Seriously, which is really weird for me. Like I, I remember going to college and I remember hearing, well, it's not what you, it's not the classes that you take; it's the extracurricular activities. And like what I wanted to do in college was to hide in bed <laughs> and not meet anybody. Like I, like I don't. Jesus Christ, I don't want to be anywhere near somebody who's going to bully me, right? I don't know how, but I remember seeing that flyer for the University of Illinois Taekwondo Club, and there were, there were like five different Taekwondo clubs at University of Illinois and a couple of karate clubs and, uh, and you the, know, were there, whatever else were there, there was. Were there bad ones? Like, Back you know, in what, like Cobra Kai ones? Were there like... There were evil, evil ones. Yeah, certainly. That was my. That was. That's sure. what I wanted to know is if there were evil ones around around Champagne, right? You were um, looking for the but, evil ones because yeah, you really so wanted were, to kick some ass. No, but there were no. I didn't want to kick ass. I did not want my ass kicked anymore. You know, maybe it was like that, but it was. It was like I saw. So, you know, there the University of Illinois flyer kind of was like the Coca Cola classic sort of flyer, and then the Illini Taekwondo mm-hmm. was like the Pepsi. And like I, I was like, well, which one do I go to? And this one looked a little bit more classic. I think it had serifed font where it said U of I. And I think I chose that one. I don't know why. And I, I, like, I was like, well, I'll go in there and I'll see what happens. This is crazy. I can't believe I did that. But it totally changed my life. I, here I'm like thinking, oh, Star Wars changed my life. I, I'm, I'm who I am because of Star Wars and everything like that. And then, like, I don't know, like, when, I think when Cobra Kai started, I realized, oh, geez, wow, it might be, it might be that Karate Kid also influenced everything that I am. And there's no way I would be who I am on the stage if it wasn't for Taekwondo. There's no way I would be, in a, I would be able to teach 
anybody. There's no way I would be able to speak to my children if it was not for becoming an instructor in the Taekwondo dojang that I went to. So again, what was, yeah, I saw all of them, all the movies. The fourth one, the fourth one is scary because it had a girl. And those of us who like identify with Luke Skywalker and don't see gender, are gender fluid, like me, I was terrified. Like, what's going to happen? Is it going to be horrible? Are they going to, you know, am I going to be embarrassed to be a woman? I feel like I walked out during that, during um, that, the Karate Kid, the, the next Karate Kid, it's called. With Academy um, Award winning Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank, yeah. Well, she hadn't won that yet, I don't and think. Walton Goggins was in that film as well. Yeah. yeah. Will I they be back? When you were Will watching back? We just We just watched that. So, And I was like, for the first, I had to turn it off halfway through because it got too late because we were watching with the kid. But then I watched the second half of it, and it was, it was okay. It was like, okay, all right. It's, and you know, if you're going to watch, these movies are pap, right? They're not the, your highbrow. They're not, not They're the type what? of, of movie that... what? Did you say pap? What does that mean? Yeah, pap. Like, like. As in, as in pap smear, I guess they're just they're they're like they're flicks, right? They're, they're not they're efficient. not films, right? So like efficient, they're, the, they're efficient. Like they got across the country in one yeah. like one minute. That's the the beginning. I love the opening scene of Karate Kid when it's like New Jersey and then California and like us, you know, the Midwest, the flyover Boom. states. Are, it, yeah. There's a shot of a farm, you know. That's well, there's the Midwest and then it's cactus. That's you know, another. It's like or in California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It's and that that is another thing that I love about Karate Kid is it's it's like filmed in in Los Angeles yeah. and it's so Los Angeles. There's it's just like beach and those babes those and apartment stuff. and I love Los Angeles buildings where we stayed. Or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. With uh, our friends in yeah, one yeah. exactly in places exactly like that. The little two story California uh, L A apartment buildings. It is so LA and it's just it's just part of it and they don't even realize that that's it looks like like we can see LA all <laughs> over it as midwesterners, you know? It's cool. The blue street signs, that's the thing that always gives away LA. Like they're supposed to be in some, you know, some midwestern city and then you'll see that blue <laughs> street sign and you're like that's an LA street sign. Kansas City. Food-wise, a city famous for its barbecue, but that's about to change. My name is W. Dave Keith, host of the podcast Taco the Town, and I believe that Kansas City is one of the most underrated, underappreciated, up-and-coming taco towns in the USA. On Taco the Town, we will shine a light on all the amazing tacos Kansas City has to offer. Kansas City is a great taco town filled with a variety of untapped taco stylings and flavors, and on the Taco the Town podcast, we won't stop until we've tasted every taco in the town. No taco table will go unturned. Each episode, we review a new taco Taco joint with a special guest. We share taco memories, discuss taco topics, and put tacos to the test. We check the latest stories in taco news, and no taco is off the table on Taco the Town. If you love tacos, like I do, you're gonna love Taco the Town. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Google Play. That's Taco the Town. So, which film did you like better of the four? Was one oh. always the best for you? They're like my children. 
So, I mean, I, the, the first one's got a great, you know, how can you beat, you know, you, you're like, oh, how can you beat that ending? And then the second one, they go to a different country, so they're there, and then there's a tea ceremony, which I studied tea ceremony probably because of this. Um, and then the three already started losing me, I think. You know, the three was... Three is the one with the, the guy in the Frank Lloyd Wright house who's... Pretends evil. he's nice, and then it turns out to be evil, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just, you the know... The ponytail guy. Yes, yeah. I, I want to say Terry Silver, but now I can't remember. By then, you know, I was watching real kung fu movies and stuff, and probably practicing kung fu, so it was like I was too old already. And then when the Jackie Chan one came out, that, that was really interesting. That one, to me, seemed much darker, and then I was like, I got into it for a while. I was like, yeah, it's kind of cool, you know. Um, it's the real, it's, you know, a real martial artist is playing Mr. Miyagi, and it was like darker and more intense, and it was really, really violent. I remember when you watched that movie with me, you were like, man, this is really violent it is really like the kids were kicking the shit out of each other right it's really and what's the kid's name what's well it's Jaden Smith. Smith. Kid, right Jaden Smith yeah so looks looks so tiny right he looks I don't know why but he looks much he looks like half the age of Ralph Macchio right so it just seems really like like it seems more intense and then the, there's the scene I don't know if you saw this did you see I like the remake I thought it was good yeah actually yeah 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 you know there's like I watched it last night because I and I didn't want to watch it again because I came back to the originals because of the chemistry between Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita right I just you read like that's that's in all the reviews too they have amazing chemistry and everything like that do you but feel that's missing from the show from Cobra Kai because I'm like I after watching all three films recently I feel like boy I wish Pat Morita was in this show because it would just you just feel like sometimes Machio is just playing to a ghost the whole time you know and you're like he really needs a foil to to bounce this stuff off of yeah, I, know. I was talking to a martial artist friend of mine who's just like, when you watch Daniel do his moves, how can you believe that he's beaten up anybody, you know, <laughs> kind of ragging on, on, you know, Ralph Macchio's martial arts uh, form. I think I was trying to tell Rick Rewound the other day. It's like these characters, you know, went to bed with my childhood, right? They ended in my childhood and then I grew up and then I did all what I had my, whatever my life was and everything like that. And then all of a sudden they came back. It's like, when Han Solo says, you know, it's, it's real, it all really happened, you know, the force is real and stuff. Like when it comes back in, in Star Wars, in one of the later Star Warses, and you're like, oh, it was real, you know. And so it's like these characters, they're still alive, and they came back, and they have lives now, and you get to see them now. And I, I just was like <laughs> shitting my pants about it because I can't, I just, I, I, I couldn't believe it was going to happen. And then when it started, I just couldn't believe it was happening. And I don't, yeah, I don't miss the chemistry. You know, I mean, I, I, I remember when Pat Morita died, so. You know, the first two films were written by the same person, and then the real drop-off, I think in the third and fourth films is that that person, they didn't like his ideas. So he left the series. And I think that's where the, the change happened in the quality. And the thing that I love about Cobra Kai is the two guys who are writing it, I think are very committed to the, the spirit of the first two films. And I think it's really cool that they keep bringing back characters from even the, even the sequels to reintroduce them. And in some ways, like you mentioned Star Wars, when the Clone Wars cartoon came out, not the animated series, but there was like a, a small amount of short cartoons. I don't know if you remember these. And they're 2D. They took all of the conventions that Lucas, I think, 
really sloppily tried to put on screen and were kind of horrible and made them look super cool. Like they completely took the prequel ideas and actually made them cool. And I think that these two writers, not that the Karate Kids weren't cool, but like I think these two writers, instead of just capitalizing on something and, and cashing in on the reputation of something, they actually took it to heart and were like, how can we reinvent this, make it a different story and really be respectful about writing about it? And it is, you know, it is popcorn, right? But I still think it's it's really well done popcorn. Yeah. Do you buy into the theory that Johnny was the one who was bullied by... Uh, Daniel. Uh, Daniel. Daniel. That yeah, Daniel, Daniel bullied Johnny because yeah. when they do that sequence where they show Daniel, Johnny goes through and explains, he stole my girlfriend. He and his old man friend beat up me and my friends. He did something to his, like I, he smashed my radio or I forget some other thing that like Ralph Macho, oh, he poured water on him or something like clearly if you look at it that way, Ralph Macho was the, <laughs> the antagonist. Dude was smoking pot in high school, and that's all you remember about that, right? The, like, Johnny's, like, rolling a joint in the toilet, you know, and he's dressed up as a skeleton and stuff. That's what you remember, and you're like, yeah, Ralph Macchio, go douse him with water. You know, what an <laughs> asshole drug addict. Um, and then, and, you know, like, you don't even remember that. And, and, and that is not said either, like, totally skipped over in Cobra Kai, which is so brilliant. I can't believe it. I'm just, I just I think that's so cool, but yeah, somewhere somewhere half like I was practicing kung fu, and I remember before 2001 when martial artists started talking about that movie is is terrible. It's a fallacy. Like here, you know, Ra Ralph Macchio's Daniel's son. What he just practices for like a couple of months, and then all of a sudden he can beat these kids who have been practicing their martial art for years and years. It's terrible, and people were all ragging on it for a while. And I think I think those characters came back in some other uh, pop culture show and, and kind of revisited it too over the years like right you can look that up on Wikipedia um, totally yeah it's terrible because you spend as a martial artist you're spending you're, you're spending hours practicing and it hurts and it's painful and it's 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 terrible it's it's very very hard and then to see this guy you know oh yeah he's he's doing you know he's got this the force with him or something just true he's not evil so he can he can take care of the other guys yes yes i i totally i love how you can look at it and i think the alley character like says you know oh there's three sides to the story there's your side there's his side and then there's the the truth and i was like oh man that's like is she talking about politics right now? Like, is this all an allegory? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Are we all bullying Donald Trump? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Totally we're bullying him. The poor man is out of office now. He doesn't and have, he's out of, he's unemployed because of what we've done. He's unemployed, out of office, and he doesn't even have Twitter. He, he has no megaphone anymore. We're totally bullying him. He's driving around in his... Red Pontiac Trans Am. What was that? It's, it's a, a Firebird, Pontiac yeah. uh, Firebird. It it becomes oh, okay. a yeah, yeah. it becomes a a challenger. Ah, see, so yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten that far. Yeah, like you were talking about how these characters disappeared and went to sleep. I just watched this past week, you know, like Karate Kid, and started watching Cobra Kai, and I felt the same thing. I was like, I can understand if I'd seen this movie and was into it in 1984. I was like, oh, this this show would be amazing, and it, it was yeah, it's really well done. It's great to see that. It's like you said, it's like a time machine, or just it's like boom, and it's like and and opening the series with the old shots 
of the movie. It's yeah, it's great. You're gonna have to watch the second movie though, Jim, before you get into the second season. <laughs> you know, okay. just do it. Yeah. Just 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 sure. sit through it. No, yeah. Make your mom yeah. watch it too. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, she loves Lito's pizza. You might want to just order up yourself a delicious <laughs> Lito's pizza, Jim, and you guys could sit down and have yourself a time since we can't now that you know now that this global <laughs> event is, is preventing us but that might be a good way a good garnish to cobra kai yeah those the the, the fleet is still the lido's pizza truck fleet is still operating i see them you know they, they have like big very high intensity lights on the scene they've always had kind of lit up side panels you know with the, the name the lido's the little lido's delivery vans and they they upgraded at some point a year or two ago and they're like super LED lights so that you see them coming down the street from blocks away. They're just like glare. The, the monster like... truck lights like uh, <laughs> uh, the Flaming Lips used to have on the top of their amps when they were a three-piece. <laughs> they used to just blare the whole audience. Yeah. Rick, where would you say this this trilogy, or, or sorry, this I guess it's four films, quad, quadrilogy? Uh, uh, where would you say it sits in film history? How would you characterize it? I mean, definitely pop culture phenomenon. I, I just put it in the same category as as Rocky. I, I mean, I love the first Rocky film, I think. Boy, it's been a long time since I've seen that, too. Cry Kid, I'm, you know, I'm less of a fan, obviously, than Rose Rewind. Rewound. <laughs> What's your name? <laughs> um, and you know my feeling about sequels, so this is more of a personal perspective. I... I do feel nostalgic when I watch the original Karate Kid, and I enjoyed Cobra Kai. The second movie, I think I drift off, and the third movie I find hilarious. The fourth movie, I believe <laughs> we we had a conversation about that. I think, Rose, you went to see it alone, because I refused to go, apparently. No, I was too embarrassed to ask <laughs> you to go me with to go. me. So you went secretly. Yeah, I was too embarrassed. Yeah. But that's a more personal perspective on Karate Kid, and it's... Uh, it's various incarnations. To me, it's it's one of those movies where it, it kind of really doesn't matter if it's a good film or not. It's it's permanently embedded in the psyche of a lot of people, especially of a certain age. I think, Rose, you're a little unusual because you're a little older, but yeah, people who are like maybe five years younger, tween and teen aged, you know, in 1984, it's, it's like one of the most important, you know, it's up there with Star Wars, right? I'm not diminishing that you as a 18 year old found it engaging also, but, but that idea is that it's, it's, it's kind of impossible to criticize in a way. It's just there. It's part of culture. I think everybody, uh, these people I label as my aunt, uncle, and cousins, but they're really just our friends. They all, every age group, love that film. And I don't know if it's the hero's journey that they're following that path. I guess it's got a little bit of that in it, but it also feels more like uh, the underdog, yeah. right? It's the underdog winning. And when Johnny, the, the great thing about Cobra Kai is episode one, he's the underdog. And he continues to be the underdog, whereas there's a little tension in uh, Daniel's life, but he always, he's, he's rich and he's got a bunch of dealerships and is, seems to be patching things up with his wife and everything seems to go okay with him, whereas Johnny just continues to screw up. Yeah, and that's the thing, is that underdog story. So I think every generation, you know, has those underdog movies. I should be able to pull something out of my brain instantaneously like a generation before what that underdog movie would be but it's it's yeah it's cat from outer space <laughs> jim you can't just you just can't reference cat from outer space at every time it works with everything pretty woman is like pretty that woman. no seriously you guys i'm sure it came out afterwards right you yes. guys don't know because yeah. you're not women 
But this woman gets beaten, like she gets bullied. She goes into an expensive store because she was a whore or whatever. She was a hooker. And she goes, I think it's Pretty Woman, right? Yeah. With Julie Roberts? Yeah, yeah. she goes into a, it's It's sex hooker. She's a sex hooker, Um, and and so she's she gets yeah she gets bullied by the women, and then at the end she gets to come back and just buy whatever she wants. Her her man buys whatever, um, you know. It's 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 that type of thing. But any woman who is of a certain age watches that is like yeah, get those mean (laughs) shopkeeper ladies. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was a triumphant moment. I like that moment in Pretty Woman. I like when she gets to go back and just say, you know, I'm buying whatever I want here. The other thing about Karate Kid is it's got like a relationship between a a, a, a boy and a, a older man um, that you know we're like a teacher relationship, right? So um, that relationship develops. I I just read um, somebody's review of it, just talking about how how Ralph Macchio. Uh, or how how Daniel learns to respect the culture and and just just the way that this teacher is teaching. So it's got a lot of teaching in it. And and so any of us who are teachers are, or at least I, um, I'm really into that too. Wow, he yeah. respects. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of that in Rocky, but not in you know, Mr. Miyagi is a main character, whereas uh, Burgess Meredith, what's his name in? Uh, how dare you, sir? In Rocky. How dare you say Burgess Meredith was not a main character? He is character a main character, but you know what I mean? That 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 relationship seems I, I feel like Rocky overwhelms him in terms of focus, right? I don't feel like Burgess Meredith is as dominant in Rocky as Pat Morita is in No no Italian man can succeed without some Anglo Saxon, old <laughs> right. Anglo Saxon dude shouting yeah. at him, telling him to chase chickens. What do you think I do out in the yard? You know, I go out there and chase those chickens, try and catch one. When I do, I feel like I could take yeah. on the world. I, I, yeah, there's the the training story, right? Yeah, which I think has so Rocky, awesome. but the, I think with Karate Kid, it feels a little more developed. But maybe I just have to write watch Rocky again. Was this the first convention of the Tom Sawyer trick wrapped into a training montage? Right. So like Tom Sawyer, you know, tricked all his friends into painting the fence. I forget what he said. It was like fun to do or whatever it was. But it seemed like Mr. Miyagi, you know, they, the, the writers took that convention, or the writer took that convention and turned it into a whole, and I'll say well, the first time I saw it, I was falling for it. I thought, this guy, this old guy is just tricking this young kid. He's just teaching him discipline. He's not teaching him karate. Right. He's just teaching him discipline. And then when it turned into this sort of physical movement, yeah, I thought that was a clever convention. Is that Has that been used in, in film? Was there ever a precedent for something like that? Boy, I don't remember. But that, yeah, that that that's very astute, you know, connecting it back to the Tom Sawyer thing. I never made that connection, but that's definitely... Uh, I, now it seems obvious. This is the origins of that, right? Yeah, I, I thought of that too. Great. I, I did think of Tom Sawyer. But I, it's the same thing. I couldn't think exactly what happens in Tom Sawyer. What the? I just remember the faint penny, painting the fence and, yeah, getting everybody to help, but... I think I think he's just like it's. Hey, it's fun. Yeah, right. you, like what you. It's like I'm sorry, I can't. I can't hang out with you today. I got to paint this fence. It's like, well, wait a minute. I want to paint the fence. Yeah, yeah it, it is different too. It is definitely. I'm sure it's an homage, slight homage to that, but it, it is a different because in Tom Sawyer, it's just a chore. He just has to do it, and it becomes. He kind of smarts, uses his he his guile and stuff to get get it done or something. It's not about training or anything. So it's. It's definitely, I think, a subtle, subtle homage to it or something, or but it's not. 
Well, really he paints connect. a fence, right? Yeah, that that's is, all that is. He does paint a fence, so <laughs> yeah. there is there is that. I mean, I think that is a. Re- I think that reference is in there yeah. to say this is like the next. This this is the next level of tricking somebody into something. It's just that right. instead of it being to well, it is to Mr. Miyagi's benefit because he got all his cars waxed, his fence painted, <laughs> but it's to Daniel's benefit. Yeah, too. Daniel is never thinking that he's doing something that's fun though right he's constantly whining that's the one thing you know i i think i like cobra kai a little better i start getting really tired of daniel being kind of this this whiny guy the answer to your question may lie in in an old kung fu movie i'm trying to remember like like even like 36 chamber of shaolin you know there's always a drunken drunken master right isn't it to get drunk to be able to learn yeah they're always playing tricks on people and pretending yeah, there's there's lots of misdirection in those those kind of classic kung fu movies. Let's do a, a segment, a comment on the show here called "By the Numbers." This goes out to anybody here. How old was Pat Morita during 1984 when Karate Kid was filmed and released? I'm gonna guess he was my age exactly right now. Which is which is what? 54. I'm gonna guess younger. I'm gonna guess 50. <laughs> I guess I gotta go bigger, like 50. I know I'm wrong. I'll I'll go 58. He was 52 Ooh. years old at the wow. filming of Karate Kid. Do you all have an estimate of what age he was playing? He was like, well, his he was a World, World War, War II. II yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife and child died in the internment camp, which so, I had forgotten about. Yeah, I forgot that too. 20. He would have been early 20s in 40s. 25. <laughs> so like your dad's age, Rose. 90. Now, but no, like he like, would have been, yeah, he would have been movie. born in, in 28. He would have been born earlier than that. 20 would have been born earlier, way earlier than that. It's just math. I didn't know I had to do math, math in my head. <laughs> his, he 40, said his father 50, taught him to 60. fish in 1927. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So probably he was 10 in 1927. So in his then. 60s, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I came up with early 60s. But again, back to our point about when we look at people that are supposed to look super old in movies and then they're our age. Now, it's a little humbling. Yeah, and I looked, yeah, like, uh, had to look up uh, Ralph Macchio and uh, Elizabeth Shue's age, and they're only, yeah, two years apart, and yeah, she definitely looked, she looked, yeah, she's like 20, she looked, you know, but then, he, yeah, he's like 22 or something, he looked like he was about 15. Or, yeah. <laughs> the big hair. That's so crazy. The, hair, the yeah. hair was so big in the 80s. Even with taking into account of the hair, like, Elizabeth Shue looks so much bigger than him. Yeah, it's like, there's one scene where he's taller than her, but he's tiny, his head is tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was trying I was definitely canceling out her hair and it was like he's got this little head and it was very strange. During Cobra Kai I started noticing the daughter is super tiny like there are certain moments where they weren't they have her on an apple crate or whatever right in certain scenes cuz yeah Ralph Macchio's tall but then yeah so like every once in a while you'll notice oh wow you know she's like a foot shorter than almost everyone in this scene. And they get a little sloppy in the TV show with matching heights, but I wonder if it's just a reference to uh, the original movie. It might be. I was like, I was like, why did Jackie Chan grow that mustache and beard? Like, I was really, I was like, why does he have that? Like, I was really bumming about, like, how droll he acts, too, in the 2020 remake. And it's like, okay, wait, so he's supposed to be very upset because his, his child and, you know, his wife and child died. And I was like, I guess that's different than the other movie. But that happened in the other movie, too. Then I, I looked up. So Pat Morita, like, the director didn't want, or whoever was casting didn't want Pat Morita as um, as that character, 
Like he's like he's a comedian. I don't want him. Yeah. He ended up like this is all over the internet. You know, he ended up having to grow a mustache and beard and like like disguise his voice or something. And then then that sort of coerced the director into letting him play that character what? when he grew a mustache and beard. And so I wonder if Jackie Chan did that in with in homage to Pat Morita. Like you gotta wonder, like if Jackie Chan even saw that movie and like what he thinks oh. of it. Yeah, I probably he probably did. I was a, a little scared. First time I saw Karate Kid, the scene where Mr. Miyagi gets really drunk, but I do remember that scene rattling me because I felt like Mr. Miyagi was the safety net for Daniel. And at that point, I felt like things weren't safe. It was sort of a dark moment for an actor who was supposedly not supposed to be able to pull off drama. I think he did a good job. The People magazine obituary says that he may have been a drinker. <laughs> so might not so have been they... acting. Um, but, uh, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, I noticed it's for me when I watch Cobra Kai, there's a lot of, like there's themes that recycle all the time and there's themes that recycle constantly. To me, there's a lot of drinking in that. Like when people are drinking and then something bad happens. Now, is that just me being straight edge or do you guys notice that there's a lot of drinking in that? As probably the person who drinks the most, I did notice a lot of drinking in the show. I mean, like the wife and Daniel are always cracking a bottle of wine. They're always going to the country club having drinks. Johnny's constantly drinking. I mean, he's drinking. Coors Banquet. Like during during the day, Coors Banquet, during the day, like during classes, you know, he's an alcoholic, right? He's a functional alcoholic. And then, the, you know, when his, all his buddies get together, they go to a bar and get drunk. I mean, it's like there's a lot of drinking for a show that comes from essentially a kid's film or a film that was aimed at younger people. I don't know if that's to make them seem more mature or you're right, Rose, there tends to be something bad happens when they get drunk or drink. The show is probably is also aimed at people our age who saw the show, that saw the movie <laughs> Karate Kid as kids. So it's not aimed, it's not a kid's, it's like the, the original movie was a kid, kind of a kid's, not a kid's movie, but, but the TV show isn't, is, is geared towards people our age, right? Or Functional alcoholics, no, no, is that what you're people saying? People who, who saw Karate Kid in 1984. When you watch Game of Thrones or whatever other adult things that you watch, I don't know what other TV shows there are. Do, are they drinking as much in that? Like Not like in Peng Su. He doesn't drink. <laughs> the Penguin. That's that's pretty much all I watch. I don't know. You asked the wrong member <laughs> of the panel. None of us really watch anything normal. I guess I watch the most normal stuff. They do drink a lot in Game of Thrones. A ton. They drink and eat. That's a big part of the books, too, is, is how good the food and drink is described. That's because in the dark age, you know, you couldn't drink water. You'd get... That's it's true. Yeah, beer. yeah, you had to. Yeah. You'd die of dysentery. And, <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, Same thing now. I don't trust water. That's why I drink so much alcohol. I, 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 don't, I don't know how you all do it. it. Look, I, I'm just wondering if it's not safe. If it's like, a, you know, it's a sin. It's part of like, so the thing I, lo I love about Cobra Kai and Karate Kid is that it's real, there's a definition, a real obvious definition of what's good and what's bad. And, and then there's a little bit of good in, in the bad and a little bit of bad in the good always. But drinking usually leads to something bad, um, even though they're, they're pleasurable drinking and then it leads to something bad. There's war in there too. And that like, to me, that plays like you're, like you're wondering, why is John Kreese such a terrible guy? Why is he so terrible? And oh, it turns out it was Vietnam that screwed him up. And then also, you know, like, yeah, the darkness um, in, in Mr. Miyagi is from being in an internment camp and having his kid die or his wife die in childbirth. So there's like war that's bad, that's hurting people, maybe drinking. Well, did war screw up Crease or did the car accident 
for the woman who sort of saved him from being bullied. His resurrection from being bullied, he was a good guy who was pushed around, pushed around because he was being nice to this girl. This girl took a liking to him. They struck up a relationship. He went to Vietnam. And then sort of in one day's time, his faith in his platoon crumbled along with finding out that she died in a car, car wreck. So he's got a lot of stuff going on. And there. there's cars. There's just cars everywhere. There's always, it's like cars, wine, war, and punching. I think, I think it's just normal people, it's like Rose. A, like it's targeted to normal people. But digits record. Yeah, you're, you're uh, a weird <laughs> karate record. kid freak, so you're watching it too, but then every, it's just for normal people. It's like a soap opera in a way, right? Uh, mainstream drama. And so you're just not, you don't watch enough mainstream stuff. I think the cars is an excellent point there because... Mr. Miyagi has oh, all yeah, those yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah. And Daniel owns a dealership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Johnny, uh, Johnny's identity is in his car. Right. I mean, cars is a cars. Is, I mean, maybe that's just Americana. Maybe Cal- that's California. You know, yeah. It's like a, American graffiti yeah. kind of thing going on there. But cars are definitely overtly used mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Does the word Kai mean pit? I tried to look this up and I couldn't find it translate to pit anywhere. Oh, Cobra Pit. Yeah, because that's in the third season. Yeah. Lots of spoilers for know. Jim here. He makes it to the third season. <laughs> There's a Cobra Pit in the third season, Jim. Is there like an Elizabeth Shue spinoff series? I want to see <laughs> it's, her. Sh- it's called The Boys. <laughs> Is there a, I thought, I was thinking maybe like a, like a yoga. She is like a yoga place. <laughs> and there's some evil yoga place that are... <laughs> She's like battling with an evil, evil yoga. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea, man. There are there's there's some yoga in the in in the Cobra Kai series. I was thinking about the music too. Like this, like I actually looked up a song for like the first time in my life, probably. Like in that episode where she does come back, right? They, um, it's like the Merry Christmas episode, and like they say, Merry, like everybody's like, oh, is she gonna come back? Is the char- character Allie gonna come back? And I was like, who cares? I don't care, but everybody else is like, oh, Allie's going to come back. Um, And then she's back, you know, and then they say Merry Christmas. Like when when you see her, like they say Merry Christmas. Like here, audience, Merry Christmas, Allie's back. It's like a Christmas (laughs) present. And it's just, I don't remember what the song is, Merry Christmas. I can't, I can't remember what song it is, but then later, like, and then I was, I had to look up the Phil Collins song at the end, at the end of season three, because... I think I'm going to have to like Phil Collins now because in, of that in scene. Which, so which song was it? In the Air Tonight. In the Air Tonight, when you wow. finally see... Oh. Sorry, Jim, hold, put, <laughs> put your, uh, close your eyes and ears. Okay, like that obscure, when, you know, Phil, Phil Collins B-side. When, when, <laughs> when, they, when, they, when the ending happens, I like, I, I was, even the second time I watched it, I was just like, oh my God, that song. Like In, I in my mind, see, the, the, now I don't remember that, but that's just lazy. Like using In the Air Tonight to me is, is lazy nowadays. Oh, that's come like, on. Every, every song is, is like a top 80s song yeah, in that but whole. But like so many people have used that so many times to create an emotional, really? emotional drama. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the sex scene in Risky Business, right? Is that where we is that in the air tonight? Is in that? Oh no! Yeah, I think really? so. now I, I have to look so. it up. Tangerine, tangerine dream. dream. I know tangerine yeah. dream, but it's now I have to. Can I look it up? <laughs> yeah, 
I think it oh, is, yeah. yeah it's, I bet, it's, I bet in it the is. Air Tonight is used in the sex scene. I think so. The second side of that album that In the Air Tonight is on is a fantastic collection of pop songs until he gets to his cover of Tomorrow Never Knows, which is atrocious. <laughs> wow. But but uh but those first four songs are great. I'd like to just put in a uh, pitch for my my podcast which is called Intruder, which is just 12 episodes about the <laughs> The drum sound and who invented that drum sound was it? Was it Peter Gabriel? <laughs> twelve, was twelve it, episodes. Twelve episodes. Was, was it Gabriel? It was Phil Collins was it played on the Gus Dudgeon? Was it Hugh uh, Padham? Are you are you joking about this? Because no, no. you should so, do this. So every I, there, there's there, people there. You can watch oh, okay, a video. Right, people right. have made videos yeah. about the the in the air tonight drum sets because Intruder is the first example of that drum sound. Phil Collins plays on the song Intruder. And there were four people in the room when that happened. There was Phil Collins, there was Peter Gabriel, there was Hugh Padham, and Gus, was it Gus Dudgeon? I can't remember, the, the, the engineers and the producers. And so, and so at least two of them, one, one, one each was holding a drumstick, <laughs> so that's two. <laughs> Someone else maybe tuned, well, placed the mic. It's maybe two we of the need mics to do this podcast. We need to do it like a true co- crime right. podcast, so like those NPR true crime, yeah. and like we should like really talk really seriously and have like all the like ding 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 music in between. Yeah, it's like Peter Gabriel was like, well, I was sitting there listening because because it's I think it's an SSL. Con- I can't remember what console it is, but it's the talkback mic and the compression, and then Phil Collins started playing with it and 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 playing in rhythm with it, and then that basically invented the '80s. But everybody who was there <laughs> claims they invented the '80s. Oh yeah, and you can get you can get that plugin. I saw that recently. That SSL. That's a, someone just released that. Oh right, you know, yeah, yeah. They talked ten bucks or yeah. just a digital plugin for your computer. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the talkback mic. Yeah. '80s drum sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't realize it was that song. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Listen to Intruder. I thought it was John Bottom <laughs> when he was playing when the levee. Well, so that's the thing. In that hallway. Yeah. So that's the thing. Now, okay. Now we're going off on my podcast and <laughs> taking this over. Now we're talking about stuff I'm interested in. But the thing is, is that 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 drum sound on when the levee breaks, there's also a uh, a, a delay on that. So tape delays. It is not just the. Uh, it's a woolen sack. I can't remember what delay it is, but they. They did not just. Is that like the Pink Floyd delay thing, or that's Wollens? Well, yeah, I, that sound. Yeah. That name sounds familiar. Like yeah, associated with Pink Floyd too. Yeah, so they they it's, they, it's, they added delay onto it, so it's not simply him playing at the end of a hallway. It's him playing at the end of a hallway, <laughs> run through a tape delay. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, let's go back to talking about Karate Kid. I've got a question for each of you. Which dojo would you join? I'll I'll give you the list. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi alone, Cobra Kai, Miyagi-Do, or Eagle Fang Karate? <laughs> Which dojo would you join? Jim. I'd have to say Miyagi, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi alone? I guess so. Why? See, I don't understand the last half. I only know <laughs> the first two. So I haven't seen enough of the, the other references. I don't think I understand. I wouldn't do that one because the, an old man and a young boy. I I grew up Catholic, and that <laughs> always led to bad things at Catholic school. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna veto that one. But we'll say you will put you down for Mr. Miyagi, okay. uh, Rick. Um, who would which one would you join? Oh yeah, Miyagi, and it, it would be. I mean, it's it's what happened before Daniel showed up. It's like two brothers who got roped into cleaning his cars and painting his fence back in the late seventies. <laughs> yeah, if there's two of you, you can take him. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing creepy going on. Rose, which would which would you join? I I can't answer that question. <laughs> you be, 
because of a code or, or some uh, martial arts code or what's the... Yeah. Or it's too hard to answer that question. The first one. Rose actually, oh, like, okay. it, I, we can't talk about it really, I guess, but like she actually has like, you know, Karate Kid level or Cobra Kai level conflict in her life all the time, it seems like. No, I, I just, I've been, you know... I was worried you were going to... I was thinking about all the different martial arts that I've practiced, right? Like, over the years. Like, and was... Let's hear the list. What do you got? Taekwondo. Krav Maga, right? No, I haven't done Krav Maga yet. Racist. The, uh, Krav Maga. <laughs> Krav, sorry. Taekwondo, Kung Fu, Choilet Foot Kung Fu, Tai Chi, Wing Chun for like a week or two. What was that weird spinny Korean one where you're flip... Fl- Flinging your arms around. Toilet foot. Toilet foot. Okay, that wasn't Korean. That's Chinese. <laughs> Chinese. Racist. Um, what was the one where um, <laughs> Master Hong's, like some guy came over from Korea and was teaching it? Oh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Tekken. Tekken. Yeah, I did uh, that yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Did you? You Rick did Tai Chi for a little while with Santanyu, right? And then uh, yeah, and that's then, not a martial art. And and capoeira, but uh, <laughs> and karate too. Yeah, I did karate for a little while, and they're all very very different. Um, and I mean, I posted something on my on my Facebook page earlier today to find out. You know, just I've never been to a dojang that was like or, or a academia or anything that was like Cobra Kai. I've never been to one. So I was like polling all my friends because I know I know people from all over the world now. I know you guys don't don't talk about things that happen like this is a timeless podcast. But but lately we've been uh, having uh, <laughs> online classes. So that means anybody can join. So I am practicing all the time with people from all over the world. Like I I wake up in the morning and I will see my friends from Mexico and Japan and practice with them. So I've, I've done, and I've, so I've seen lots of different teaching styles, like lots of different teaching styles. And so that's my answer. <laughs> no, and my answer, yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I, I can't. Can't pick a dojo. I can't. How do you know which style to employ if you were to get into a confrontation, it depends. Depends. It's it's uh, how far away you are from the person. Yeah. Say a bunch of guys are wearing skeleton outfits or something, and they come. <laughs> depends on what year. Orgy. Yeah. Okay. They're wet from the hose. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on what you're all. All that you know. You used to be like, oh, who could be? Who could win in a fight? Karate or Taekwondo? It's they're all different range fighting styles, right? So Taekwondo has got these spinning kicks, so they're a little bit more. It's a little longer range. So you could kick the person before they've come closer to you. But they're, they're inefficient, you know, to a karate person. That's very inefficient, right? The karate person is just like a, like a drone that just zeroes right in on you. They're straight to the point. Like, oh, the person moved over there. And you go get them, right? And, we're, and capoeira is the opposite. Like capoeira, I'm going to do a cartwheel before I come and attack you maybe, you know. But it's beautiful and it's, it's to, for all many, many different reasons why, why all of these martial arts and all the different movements exist. Have you ever had to use your uh, martial arts in an unfriendly situation, in a confrontation? Yeah, I did once. Um, there's also China, which is part of, so like say Rick holds his, Rick Rewound holds his hand up and grabs something and then there's a way to move his hand where he wouldn't like it. So, and he would let go of, <laughs> of what, um, what he was holding. So we were seeing the female version of, was it Man or Astroman? Yeah. Yeah, we were seeing the female version of the female, what did you call it, what franchise? Beta Project. Beta Project. I think it's what they called it. And there was a man who jumped on the stage and was grabbing the microphone away from one of the, one of the ladies in, in Man or Astroman. 
And I, I, when I jumped up on stage and I took the microphone away from him because I knew how to do that. I knew a way that his hand wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't move. So that was the only time. Were you security for your band then? Did everybody look to you when there was a confrontation to be like, oh, yeah. let's let Rose no, I, take I care of this? Yeah. No, it was more like, don't say anything mean yeah. to people because we're going to get beat up. Yeah, there were, yeah, we would have to tell her not to say anything to the police officer because the policeman is not going to beat up her. They're going to go, they're, they're going to go after us. She, I don't know what police officer you're talking about. Just it's when just we anybody. get pulled over or something, it's like, don't, well, do yeah. not, do not start yelling at them about why they shouldn't have pulled us over, why, why and everything like that. You got to take a step back. I think that was, that was more, I, I, but that was more verbal, yeah. right? Yeah. So martial arts, martial arts is not, is not like how you punch somebody and how you overcome somebody. Martial arts is how you, how you act in all situations. Martial arts is how you, and for me, it's how you teach too, right? So I learned... I interrupted you, sorry. No. Um, I learned to teach um, through martial arts, right? My instructor, who instructed me to become an instructor, talked about making people want to know what you're going to teach them first and then telling it to them. So I use it all the time. You talk a lot about it being an influence on you in terms of being a teacher. Is that how you decided you wanted to be a teacher? Or was that like a subconscious discovery later as you're, as you're being a teacher and being like, hey, wait a minute, maybe this had some influence on me? I always wanted to be a teacher. And the first time I tried for, uh, you know, to, for a professor job, I didn't get it. Then my friend asked me to teach with her, to teach martial arts with her. And I thought to myself, well, at least I'll be able to teach martial arts. I never thought I'd become a professor. And the thing about being a martial arts teacher, this is just so amazing, you know, is that when you teach regular, you know, you teach regular school, your kids leave after, after a year, right? Normally, you know, unless you're teaching Montessori or something, right? When you're a martial arts teacher, it's like, you know, being an instrument teacher, you can, you can be the only person who says something wonderful to this kid, you know? You can, you can be the only person in their life who, who gives them like a small, like we learned this, like you hold a target in front of them, you hold it really low. You can hold it really comically low and say, hey, can you kick this? And they'll kick it. And you'll be like, oh, ow, you hit, you hit my hand. Ouch. And you can say, good job. Try it again. You can do that for until they quit. You know, it's not, it's not a, a nine-month job. It's awesome. You should ask everybody else questions now because I'll talk about this no, forever. No, you're the guest. You're the guest. I'll ask you, Chris, what dojo would you join? Yeah. Eagle Fang Karate. <laughs> I, like, I like Johnny Lawrence. What do you like about him? I think that character has the most amount of depth of any character that has been in the series. Because I think Daniel's a little cartoony to me, although I love the second film and I like how they really flushed out Mr. Miyagi's background. And But I think that Johnny Lawrence is the person who reminds me of uh, the people I grew up around, the people who were my early male figures in my life. And I think Daniel's flaw is coming out in the TV show is that he is a little too pristine. He's, he's too much of a goody-goody and he expects, you know, if you do good, good will happen. Whereas he seems to be, he thinks he's doing the right thing and commonly or every once in a while it, it leads to a bad result. I like the way they're writing that. I think it's I think it's true. I think that sometimes the good guys win, sometimes the bad guys win, or sometimes you can't tell who the good guy or the bad guy is. They're all moving at their own intent, thinking that it's the right direction to move in. But because of their background and how they were raised or who their influences were, they're essentially flawed. Uh, that probably made no sense. But anyway, I like I no, like it made total sense. Johnny. 
What do you think about the fact that, you know, his background is he was a rich kid and now he isn't? Like, he came from money, whereas Ralph Macchio's character came the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that felt a little bit like a writing device to make him, to make Johnny the step kid, right? I mean, the rich guy was his stepfather, which, Ed Asner, right? Lou Grant is stepfather. Um, that's interesting. It's not true, though. I mean, if you go look at the original film, it's pretty clear that he was a rich kid. He was bullying Ralph Macchio, you know. It's hard to feel sorry for Johnny Lawrence. Oh, no, it isn't. I don't think it's hard to feel sorry for him at all. I mean, I, I believe everything he said in, in Cobra Kai. And yeah, you're right. I, I can't, sometimes I think about, like, I can't believe that Ralph Macchio is letting William Zabka, is that his name? Like, is, I, I can't believe he's allowing, you know, this character to be such, like, the, the Johnny Lawrence character is so amazing. I love the team-ups. I like when they, there's, I think, two team-ups where they fight people in, a like, a auto body shop, and then they beat up John Kreese. But, you know, two, two guys in their 50s beating up, like, a 70-year-old man. That's... You know, that's where I'm, I like remember watching it and being like, yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is two 50-year-old men beating up a 70-year-old man, kicking yeah. him through a that's window or whatever That's happened. what's so sad. That's like the, the end of the second season, too, when, when the, you know, sorry, Jim, but uh, the, sorry, the kids like kick the crap out of each other. It's, it, I, that's, I loved that, too, because I've, my whole life, you know, since 1985, I've been trying to get people to, to do martial arts. You know, like, I'm, I am Shaolin soccer, right? I'm like, come on, you know, you should do martial arts with me. And then at the end of that, it's just like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Everybody should not do martial arts. Like, and I, I loved feeling, I loved feeling horrible about it, too. I was just, oh, my God, this is, you know, it, it was, like, delicious, I thought. It's very violent. It does worry me a bit. Don't you think they're pushing the point? Like, they are training all these kids to fight. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to fight, right? Like, they're, and, they, and then they don't stop. They're like, let's keep, you know, season three, they're like, let's just keep training them so that they just keep fighting one another in more dangerous ways. Oh, Better than drugs. <laughs> Better than alcohol. That's right. Putting people in the hospital the old-fashioned way. I just realized which dojang I would I would join. It would be mine. Maybe Rose would be the uh, the uh, antagonist in the Elizabeth Shue yoga. She Rose would be the uh, <laughs> the evil yoga studio. <laughs> if you're gonna go all in, right, or if you're gonna go in on Cobra Kai, you have to watch all the movies because they're they're starting to reference all of them. In fact, I think there were references to. Well, there are references to three. Yeah, the third movie talks about, is starting to pop up in the third season. Well, even in the second or first season, he says, I joined Cobra Kai. Remember, there's mm -hmm. that reveal. That's right. He's like, I joined Cobra yeah. Kai. Yeah. So should in totality, would we say, should this entire, should this, uh, what do you call that? Um, the Miyagi-verse. <laughs> Miyagi-verse, yeah. Should the Miyagi, thank you. <laughs> should the Miyagi-verse be lost? Jim, since you haven't watched... It. What do you think? Oh no! It's I. I thoroughly enjoyed it. The yeah, watching Karate Kid for the first time. Even though you know it's very simple and, like I said, efficient. And even though is it's a long movie. It's like over two hours. Is it two hours? But it 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 didn't seem long. But it seemed like it should have been quicker because it's so efficient. It's like everything is okay. It was like okay, they get to California. 
and then that first day it's like these are the bad guys and it's like it's everything is so clear you know and there's there's some nuance i guess but but yeah it's no i thoroughly enjoyed it and and cobra kai is great yeah i i'm I, I'm definitely going to watch the other movies. And Rick, would would should it be found? Would you recommend the Miyagi verse to a student or coworker? <laughs> my assumption would be is that everyone's seen these movies, but um, you know, I'm I'm going to go with my absolutist position, which is sequels are bad. So I think the first movie, and then I like I'm although I'm I'm developing a you know I. I, I I'm struggling with WandaVision, this idea of Easter eggs sort of taking over the narrative, right? But I think Cobra Kai does a great job of Easter egging or, you know, referencing previous films. But also, I think it's an engaging narrative. It's like a grown-up soap opera in that they do everything that a good soap opera does, which is they just keep creating these conflicts and then they (laughs) they shake the jar of bees up. And then then sees what the new see what the new conflicts are going to be right and so it, it's to me they're almost two different things but I like that it combines that soap opera type yeah and the new new television whatever this the new golden era of TV kind of combining that and soap opera and then also having the references to the past it's Easter egging you on is that what you <laughs> yes, say exactly. <laughs> I'm being East and, and I, yeah. So like realizing that, yeah, there's, there's a guy with a ponytail in Vietnam in 1970, which I didn't think was appropriate, like a tiny ponytail. Uh Right. But also I know though, that's a reference. Oh, it's the guy from the third film, right. It's like the bad guy. So he's probably going to show up again. Right. And so I, I mean, I like knowing that stuff, but I don't think I need to know it. I think all you really need to know is watch the first karate kid and then, and then watch Cobra Kai. Rose, uh, you just recently rewatched everything. Should this series be rewound, and 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 how frequently should it be rewound? Like in your life, how many times will you revisit the entire series? Not as much as Star Wars, but um, probably. I mean, I I think I revisit it every night when I go to class. So. <laughs> I think I think She's I'm just, living. I'm living She's it. Living yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And I wanted to also note about the Miyagi verse that um, that uh, the 2020 remake of Karate Kid is not 2010. 2010, sorry, 2010 remake of of um, of Karate Kid is not part of the Miyagi verse. Hmm. Says the writers, they say that um, if the char- and that they also say that they discuss all of the characters from all the movies all the time in the writers' room. For Cobra Kai. For Cobra mm. Kai. And then they say that um, if the characters in Cobra Kai had seen a Karate Kid movie, if they mentioned Karate Kid, it would be the 2010 uh, Karate Kid movie. Ah, because that's not part of their world. Not part of the Miyagi-verse. Going back to the music, I wanted to... I noticed in the, the credits, you know, I was looking at the songs and, you know, we were talking about Survivor. And, like, I, I definitely... I hadn't realized the whole Rocky connection before I watched this and I was like, oh, Bill Conti, he did the music. And then it was like, oh, there's a, that song is, that's a survivor song and all that. But then I noticed there was a gang of four song, like oh. awful later gang of four, you know, not the cool gang of four. I right. we all love. And it's like 1984 gang of four. And I looked that song up and then, then I, I just got, I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then I, I completely forgotten about, 
uh, Shriek Back. Oh, I listen and to Shriek Back all the time. I got so it yeah, on vinyl. Dave, Dave Allen, you know, whatever, the bass player, he left Gang of Four and started Shriek Back right around this time. With with Barry, uh, what's his name, who was in XTC. XTC, yeah. yeah. And, and some other guy. I, so this is like kind of like Rose was talking about being reunited with these characters, you know, this nostalgia thing, like 35 years. And that's what happened to me this week. It was like I had completely forgotten about Shriekback because Rick, my older brother Rick had this record. And, you know, <laughs> around this time, it was probably, it's like 1982 or 83, that record. Yeah, yeah. It's this amazing, well, I just that one song, it's the first song. It's like called Lined Up. Yeah. And I always remember that song. And I had not heard that song in 30 years. And it just so indirectly, they're not... It would have been amazing if that song was in Karate Kid, but it was just seeing Gang of Four in the credits after watching Karate Kid, and I looked up, and I and I was like, oh, wait a minute, Shriek Back. I'd forgotten it, and then I'd listen, oh, my God, that's I love that song. And, and it's really hard to find that first album, like, in, in an unremixed way. So I, I still right. have that vinyl, and I pull it out. I, I've pulled it out a bunch of times to check my record player when I set it up. I've moved it around <laughs> a few times, and so I still, yeah, listen to that, because, yeah, lined up, it's hard to find a version of that that's not been remixed. And My Spine yeah. is the Baseline. That's another great song on that record. That was like my Cobra Kai thing. It was like 35 years, and it was like, indirectly, it brought back. It was like, oh, I love this song. I hadn't heard it, really. Yeah, literally hadn't heard it in that 30 years. And thank you, Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, watched an episode of uh, the Bob Newhart show a while ago, and Pat Morita and what's his name, James? Who's the other Asian? John Kreese? No, no, the other Asian actor that was in every that's been in everything for the past forty years. Uh, James, he's in uh, Blade Runner. He's in uh, he's the the oh. butler in um, Chinatown. He's like I think he's still alive. He's like a hundred years old, and he he played almost every Asian character. I think he's in the uh, Chinese. Is he in the Chinese restaurant? Seinfeld episode? James Hong. James Hong. Um, oh. He's in everything. Um, <laughs> there's an Asian bartender in the restaurant, and then they go up to this other Asian guy standing there and ask him for a table, and he says, I'm not the maitre d'. I'm, I'm here meeting my wife. And it's like 1972. I thought it was a great moment because, first off, you had two Asian-American actors in one scene, and then on top of it, the one Asian-American actor was making fun of the fact it was basically making fun of the fact that he, he was just assumed to be a maitre d', not, not a character or a normal person just sitting, you know, waiting at a restaurant to eat. And then on top of it, I think then he wound up playing, you know, a maitre d' in a bunch more movies and TV shows <laughs> after that. Because, so we haven't progressed at all since 1972. But Pat Morita got Newhart to be... didn't fix it. Yeah, Pat Morita got to be in, you know, Karate Kid at least. And no, it's great. Happy days. I, right. Happy days, right. He was the original Al before he was replaced by an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> the original name for Daniel was not Daniel LaRusso. The, um, Ooh, what was the it? Ralph Macchi. It was like Daniel... Smith? White person. <laughs> like, it, it, like, like... Yeah, no, he and and Ralph Macchio said I changed it to lose so when I walked in the room that that's what was a quote. Yeah, yeah. All right, Chris, I want to know that you could you ask the questions but we never get to hear from you. Are you going to say if it should be uh rewound or Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Uh yeah. would I watch it all again? <laughs> no. I I'm glad I I'm no, but I mean there's I, I do so, so much shit. I, I I don't know how you all do it. I don't know how, like how Rick consumes the media he does. 
I don't know how you and, and, and Jim do either. I, I can't watch things again. I mean, the only, I used to as a kid, like I watched the Warriors too many times. I watched 48 Hours too many times. Um, Star Wars. I, I was just thinking as you were saying, you know, would you rewatch Star Wars? I think I'm done watching the Star Wars movies. I don't, I like Mandalorian. I might watch the Mandalorian again. I think that's the best Star Wars thing that's ever come out. That and the Rogue One. Uh, I'd watch that again. The Karate Kid stuff, I think I'm good. Like I, I watched it as a kid and now I kind of reset on everything now. And I think I'm good. I'll, I'll recommend it to my kids moving forward, but I don't know if I would ever watch it all over again. And, and the only time I would rewatch anything now is to, to take my son to it. So like I took my son to watch all the Rambo movies. We saw all those in the movie theater. If it's sharing an experience, I'm very pro movies that wouldn't get the Rick reround stamp of approval <laughs> because some movies just evoke an experience for me. So like every Christmas we'll go see Die Hard in the theater every time they show it because it's just fun. You know, it's it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's a really well-made, fun Christmas movie, and my son loves to go see it. The, these movies aren't that for me. I think they're they're really special to you, Rose, and, and that's awesome. And I can see how they could be because they have a, a very... They had a lot of great writing, and there was a lot of intentional writing to everything that they're doing with the series. So that's to be rewarded by rewatching it. But I just that's it's a lot of time. And I gotta I gotta watch Deadwood now. I gotta watch <laughs> The Shield. I've never seen The Shield. I gotta watch uh what's the one about baltimore i haven't watched that one yet yeah i, I tried to get into out. that and i never got into that one I, i'm about three episodes into it and i couldn't get couldn't what is that called the wire but no i mean i'm not a i mean it's great it's I, it's not that i wouldn't rewatch it because it isn't great it's just um it's just a lot lots to watch it doesn't seem like a, it's something you'd rewatch i mean it's it, you know you get the gist of it and then you watch it with a kid, maybe. Do you think they're going to do another season, or do you think they're just going to do a movie to end it? Oh, for Cobra Kai? They will. Yeah. yeah. Season four is in production, I think. I don't know how they're going to get a whole season out of <laughs> the lead-up to a, a karate tournament, right? Because that's that's got to be the end. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe they'll do something. Yeah, they're going to... Yeah, br- yeah it is kind of scary. They might face plant. You know, three seasons. I mean, that is kind of the Netflix model. I think they've realized internally that really you shouldn't make more than three seasons of a TV show. And sometimes they make more, but I think they understand that there's only so much you can do. <laughs> I thought the best way to end it would be a movie. They should do yeah. a two hour movie and, you know, in the spirit of all the movies that inspired the series and then use that as a great capper. Cause you could, Take all that great writing, cram it into two hours, and it'd probably be an awesome movie. I, I would, I yes. would easily watch ten more episodes of it. <laughs> Jim, I, I prepared some hot seat questions for just especially for this episode, so I thought maybe we put you on the hot seat before we let you go. Awesome. <laughs> As we've established, Rick and Rose are married. <laughs> Rank these marriages. <laughs> oh wow. Hold on, we'll do that again, <laughs> since Rick's coughing. He always coughs when I do a hot seat. I get, I start laughing, and then I start, stuff starts coming It's uncomfortable. Up. Yeah. All right, rank these marriages. Rick and Rose, my marriage, your parents' marriage. <laughs> One, two, and three. Rank them. That was, that was nice of him to give you that third. <laughs> oh, it's easy. Oh, you know, my parents, Rick and Rose, and yours. <laughs> That's easy. That's correct. 
that's the right answer. Very good. Lost and Found and Rewound is fully funded by Lost and Found and Rewound Foundation Funds. Lost and Found and Rewound does not use crowdfunding because our listeners have better things to do with their funding. There's no need to post reviews of Lost and Found and Rewound because our listeners have more valuable things to do with their time. In all sincerity, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate it. Lotus Pod.